Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody, and welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I'm Lux, the guy who runs this podcast, somehow. And uh, happy Friday, everybody. I hope you're having a good day. Thank you very much for tuning in on this Friday. Is it a wonderful Friday? Uh, It was actually raining all day. It's been raining for like two days in Kansas City. So, uh, probably not the best day, but still, it's a Friday nonetheless. And guess what? That must mean... Friday episodes are back. That's right. I'm going to get get back into doing Friday episodes for the podcast. We're going to get back to uploading every Monday and Friday, and I think that is a, the 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 schedule that I'm going to stick to forevermore. So, be sure you're subscribed or following on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And make sure you're following the social media at Royal Deluxe Pod, still that until further notice i say that as if i might change it i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing even right now so i don't know what i'm going to be doing in the future but things are going to change i'm going to change the in- the icon i'm going to change the intro that's why i don't have the that's why i don't have an intro anymore uh, watch the change in you all right let's uh talk about royals put baseball before everybody dies of cringe uh, you know what isn't cringe? The Royals lately, except for maybe one thing. Uh, we have a new slogan. This is going to be a very brief thing that I'll touch upon, but the Royals have a new slogan for 2023 and potentially beyond. Potentially beyond, I just said. And then a uh, main topic, the thing I really want to talk about today is Lorenzo Kane. This is going to be a Lorenzo Kane appreciation podcast. And then we've got some more spring training updates, some more stuff to talk about, uh, what's been going on in spring training uh, since we last spoke on Monday. And then also updates to the World Baseball Classic, which is now officially underway. Teams are playing. Players who have been assigned to their respective teams, they're on those teams. They're playing games for those teams. Some teams are playing against each other's. Wow, what a concept. Some teams are playing against each other. I mean, some countries that they're representing are playing other countries, although some are playing actual Major League Baseball teams, quote-unquote major, or rather, the spring training squads of whoever's not on the World Baseball Classic of some teams, such as the Royals, who played a game against the Great Britain squad. Ooh, cool. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So the first thing is the new slogan. Hashtag welcome to the city. Not gonna lie, when I saw the uh, the little graphic that the social media posted, the, the social media team posted, I saw it on Twitter. A uh, very nice graphic, I will say. I didn't know that it was a new logo, or, or not a new logo, but a new slogan. I didn't realize that was a thing that was happening. I don't. Who is the one who decided that the Royals need to change their slogan every two years? Every two years, they've changed. I don't know how long this has been going on because I didn't join uh, the fandom until like 2016. But like 2017 was raised Royal, then it was always Royal in 2019, then Together Royal in 2021. Like, what? What? What happened? What happened to just? I don't know having one slogan forever or or why do we need a new slogan all the time i guess it makes a little bit of sense to change the slogan 
from Together Royal because last year was not a very good example of Together Royal when 10 players decided that they did not want to be Together Royal. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but now this one is hashtag welcome to the city. Seems kind of a moot point when Kauffman Stadium isn't in the city. I I guess this is because we the, because Kansas City just opened its new airport. I mean, it didn't like open a new airport. Rather, KCI was replaced. There's a new terminal, and it's a big deal, and it's pretty cool. It's been highly anticipated for years, um, and that's pretty cool and exciting for the city, I guess. I don't know what it has to do with the Royals. It's just a just an odd slogan. Plus it says welcome to the city. I don't know if like if you if you didn't live in Kansas City and you had no idea about like what the Royals slogan was. If you just heard the slogan welcome to the city, would you think of Kansas City? Personally, I would think of New York. I think that 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 New York City is the city whenever you hear someone say the city. Um, maybe like Los Angeles would be the second place. I don't know where Kansas City would rank ab- among uh, most influential cities that you think of when hearing "Welcome to the City," but it's probably not very high on that list. But whatever, it's a slogan. It exists. I don't have any strong feelings about it. Just like I haven't had any strong feelings about the past slogans. I didn't have any strong feelings about "Together Royal." I didn't have any strong feelings about. Uh, uh, forever royal, always royal. Uh, you are stuck here forever, royal, eternally royal, etc., <laughs> etc. Et but whatever. Anyway, uh, let's move on beyond that. Let's talk about something that matters a lot more. You know, these slogans are temporary. They seem to change every year, every two years. You know what is much more permanent? Recognition, lasting memories impact, influence, and accomplishments. And so the Royals this year are going to celebrate Lorenzo Kane. That's into right field. This ball is down. Going to third is Kane. Holding it first. Now Kane coming to the plate. Royals lead. He can fly. I know a lot of people just hate Joe Buck, and I'm not a big Joe Buck fan myself, but I love that call. I love the surprise in his voice when he sees Kane rounding third. No, Kane, come to the play! It's awesome, dude. I love this play so much because it, to me, symbolizes why the Royals were so successful. Even if for just a very, very short time. Like, the, I love thinking back to the 2015 Royals, not for the sake of nostalgia, because like I said earlier, I didn't actually genuinely get into the Royals fandom until after they won the World Series. I did watch the postseason in 2015. I did see the ALCS. I did see the World Series, and that was cool. That helped me get into the fandom much later. But that team was just so unusual it was so strange there is nothing like it that exists today like no one is playing like the 2015 royals did and i don't know maybe this is a a skill issue sort of thing where you just can't play that type of baseball anymore 
but it's fascinating because it's not even just the style of baseball. Why did my alarm go off? Why did I have an alarm set off? That's embarrassing, bro. I'm so sorry for posting cringe like that. The talent on the roster in 2015 is is weirdly unbalanced, if that makes any sense. I mean, we had Alcides Escobar as our shortstop. Like, as our starting shortstop. As our leadoff guy. Alcides Escobar has a career OPS plus of 74. Like, if you have an OPS plus of 74, you're probably the worst batter in the major leagues. <laughs> and that was his career OPS plus. That is that, that is to say, Alcides Escobar was 74% as good of a hitter as the average um, as the average major league hitter over his entire career. Like he couldn't even put an average season together for the Royals. And that was our leadoff hitter. That was our shortstop. He he wasn't he definitely wasn't good enough as a as a shortstop to, you know, be that bad of a hitter. I mean, like he was all right defensively. I think that's fair to say. Um it, it's kind of divisive, but I think he was okay. But that was like the kind of team that we had. It's just so strange. And what really fascinates me is the Blue Jays squad in that 2015 postseason. The Blue Jays in 2015 do not get enough credit. They they were like, let me put it this way. If the Royals didn't beat them, they would have won the World Series. Zero doubt in my mind. They were the toughest team we had to face in probably both years. Both 2014 and 2015. I mean, I don't know how how much I can say that. How much authority I can say that for 2014. But, I mean... Let, 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 me, let me tell you something. In 2015, the Royals' Pythagorean record... Which is to say that they are... Uh, their record based on what their... Their theoretical record, based on how many runs they scored and how many runs they allowed, was ninety-two. Was ninety and seventy-two. So, based on how many runs we scored and how many runs we gave up, the Royals actually should have won five fewer games than they actually did. Now, this doesn't matter. This isn't like an actual, um, what's the word? An actual metric of. I don't know, talent. Like, the best thing it can kind of do is maybe show some luck. It can tell some kind of story like that. But it's not like a serious thing or anything. But it is to say that the Royals, in a way, were, like, lucky because they won five more games than they theoretically should have based on their runs scored and allowed. The Blue Jays won 93 games. You know what their Pythagorean record was? It was 102 and 60. Like, the Blue Jays were astonishingly unlucky and should have won nine more games than they did. They should have been way... They should have had a way better regular season record than the Royals did. And it kind of makes sense because they were actually pretty slow in the first half. They were... They they, they uh, went into the All-Star break a sub-500 team. They were 45 and 46. And then they went 48 and 23 for the rest of the season. They were scorching hot. That was the season they had Josh Donaldson win MVP. They traded for David Price midseason. He was second place in Cy Young. 
Roberto Osuna, Roberto Osuna, sorry, his rookie season. He won he won rookie of the year. He was their closer. They had R.A. Dickey at the end of his peak. Jose Bautista at the end of his peak. Great seasons from like Edwin Encarnacion. Um, Ryan Goins. <laughs> Remember Ryan Goins, guys? I don't. That was kind of a joke, but still, like this team was really, really good. Just based on the talent that this team had compared to what the Royals had, the Blue Jays should have won. On paper, don't don't get me wrong. This is not me saying, hey, the Royals were actually bad. It's actually back going back to that Lorenzo Kane play, him scoring from first on a bloop single. That's why the Royals were so good. Because they just took advantage of things that I think everyone else took for granted. No, like things that no one else was really thinking of at the time. Just the small little holes in the game that no one else was thinking of. The Royals were thinking of. It's like they it's like the Royals played a more complete game of baseball than everyone else. You know, like I guess this is why the the Royals beat the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays sure they had like better home run hitters. They had better starting pitchers. They didn't have better relief pitchers. We'll we'll give credit. We'll we'll uh, retain some credit for that. But still, like everyone else had the flashy stuff. Everyone else had like the the the, the good stuff, the sexy stuff. Whereas the Royals were good fielders, good base runners, good contact hitters. Just things that no one was really looking at. And also great relief pitching. That was definitely a thing that people weren't thinking about as much. And now Edwin Diaz is making a hundred million dollars. Like that was the the Royals were actually really, really smart in at least those two years. Maybe it didn't age super well, but they did kind of catch lightning in a bottle there. And it was absolutely astonishing. And still, like it, it, I really look back at those teams, not just because, oh man, show show what sure sure. Wow, I can't say sure would. I cannot say sure would. That is really hard to say. My my mouth cannot move in that way. Wow, I just learned something about myself. But I don't just look back at the 2015 Royals to say, oh man, sure would be nice to have this happen again. Because obviously, of course I want the Royals to go back to the postseason. Of course I want to go back to the World Series. Now, my, my biggest dream now as a baseball fan, as a Royals fan, is to attend a postseason game. I really want that because I didn't get to do that when I supposedly had the chance. But more so than that, I look back at the 2015 Royals as like a study. It's like, man, these guys were fascinating. Like, it's so easy to look at the good teams now. Like... You look at the Astros, okay? It's easy to see why the Astros won the World Series. They just simply were the best team. Like, wh- what is there to analyze? They had they had Justin Verlander. They had another great pitcher, Framber Valdez. They had multiple borderline MVP players. They had one of the best hitters in the entire league, Jordan Alvarez. Jose Altuve had a great season. Like, just so many fantastic players on their roster. It's like, yeah, no, no, duh, they won the World Series. Good for them. The Royals are not that kind of team. You look at the, like, you look at the, 
the long-term success of the players on that roster. And it's really not pretty. Again, Alcides Escobar, who I was picking on a lot. Not that I... I'm sorry if I sounded disrespectful to Esky. I love Esky. Um, but Eric Hosmer has not had a successful career. Like, he, he was bad immediately after the... Like, in fact, not only was he bad immediately after leaving the Royals, but he's only had, like, three good seasons in his, in his career. 2013, 2015, 2017. Three good years. Mike Moustakas, pretty much the same thing. He's had, like, three good years in his entire career. The HDH combo did not age very well. All of those guys are gone. All three of them are, are, are retired at this point. Alex Gordon had like a five-year peak, basically. And then was just kind of, eh, for the rest of his career. You know, and maybe the best one out of all of them was Lorenzo Cain. Because Lorenzo Cain was pretty solid. Even if he... Nah, even if nothing. I don't have anything to add to that. It's just very interesting. The 2015 Royals are endlessly fascinating. So cool. So wonderful. And Lorenzo Cain was probably the best player on that. Best, The best overall player. The most successful player. Yeah. So um, I totally forgot to lead into this with the fact that the Royals are... I don't know what the Royals specifically are doing, but it's been announced that Lorenzo Cain has officially retired. That's no surprise to anybody. He played his last baseball game last year. Um, it was actually a pretty cool thing that the Brewers did where the Brewers essentially waited until he had played just enough games to reach the 10-year benchmark because... Being a Major League Baseball player for 10 years comes with special extra honors and privileges. So they waited for him to reach that, and once he did, they mutually agreed to DFA him. Low Kane just wanted to go home, basically. And uh, there was actually a cute story where he asked his kids at home, he's like, hey, what do you guys think I should do? Should I stay here with you guys, or... Should I keep playing baseball? And his kids said, Daddy, we want you to come home. So he went home. He hung up the cleats, and he's like, all right, I think I'm done. And it's, and it's interesting because I, at the end, in 2022, I was thinking maybe he'll come back to the Royals and play the rest of the year, and that will be like his swan song, you know. And uh, Flanny, uh, Jeffrey Flanagan of formerly of MLB.com, for formerly a Royals beat writer, he he like talked to Locane and he had a he his pinned tweet. It might still be there. Yeah, it is still there. Fla uh, Flanny at Flam at Flanny MLB on Twitter. His pinned tweet is, "Oh, one more thing, Lorenzo Kane tells me. Let the fans know I would love to retire as a Royal one day." He posted that on June twenty second, twenty twenty two, and I really thought, um. That was going to happen at some point in 2022. And then it didn't happen. So I was thinking, oh, you know, slightly disappointing that he didn't get to come back for one last ride with the Royals. Not that it would have meant anything really, but I don't know. It would have just been nice to see him retire in a, U in a Royals uniform. Turns out that might actually be happening. So I don't know what exactly the plan is. 
but the Royals have said that he'll come back to Kauffman Stadium in the summer and they'll have a retirement ceremony for him. I don't know if this means that they're going to have him play a game, like he'll actually wear a Royals uniform and take the field for a game, maybe even an inning. It's not exactly an extraordinary practice. I think most recently Ichiro did that. Actually, I think in the same year, David Wright did that for the Mets. Um, You know, just, just come back for one day, just play one last game, and that's it. Um, maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's just showing up for, I don't know, just to officially declare the retirement. Or maybe the Royals are going even further and and just retiring his number and putting him in the Royals Hall of Fame right away. Because um, J.J. Piccolo actually said like, he's going to be in the Royals Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know if that was like a confirmation that this is definitely happening within this year or if it's just an inevitability. And and I have to ask that because the Royals, the way they do their team Hall of Fame is it's kind of like the regular Hall of Fame where a player or a manager has to be retired for a few years. I thought it was five years, but Ned Yost was just retired or not retired, just inducted. And he's been retired for four years. So I I don't know. Do managers get an extra year? It, like, like, do they get a vote a year early or something? I don't know. Um, but the reason why I have to ask this is because Alex Gordon hasn't been retired yet. And it's not a question of whether or not Alex Gordon will be retired. I think we can all agree Alex Gordon should be in the Royals Hall of Fame. So should Lorenzo Cain. Only thing is, I just kind of have to call into question what's going on if they're going to retire Lorenzo Cain and put him in the Hall of Fame before doing that for Alex Gordon when Alex Gordon has been away for longer. And also, Alex Gordon has stuck with the Royals for the entire time, which is not a knock on Locaine whatsoever. Like, I'm not going to be mad at some... Like, this is not being me. I'm not salty about anything. I'm not I'm not trying to be, like, that guy and say, like, oh, Locaine doesn't deserve this much recognition or anything. It's more like I want Alex Gordon to get that recognition as well. I would just say it's kind of weird if Lorenzo Cain is brought into the Royals Hall of Fame, like, super early. Like, if J.J. Piccolo is just like, you know what, let's not have the four to five year waiting period. Let's just put him in right now. But, like, you're not going to do that for Alex Gordon? I don't I, I think that's a little bit weird. Maybe it's just some weird technicality. Maybe maybe this is how J.J. Piccolo wants to do it. And uh, the way we've been doing it was like a Dayton Moore thing or whoever decided that years and years ago. I don't know, man. That's just a a question that I have. Like, what exactly is happening with Lorenzo Cain? What is the retirement ceremony actually going to be? Like, what are the implications of this? But it's not like... Please rest assured that I'm not trying to criticize this. I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be that guy and say, like, oh, this is a bad thing or anything like that. I'm extremely happy because I love Lorenzo Cain. I'm very, very grateful for what he did to Kansas City, uh, for what he did in Kansas City. And he totally deserves it. Um, Because I have a couple of personal reasons why I like Lorenzo Cain, aside from him just being a really good player. And aside from me going on that extremely long tangent about the 2015 postseason, but... Uh, Locaine is my mother's favorite player. Yeah, my mom really likes Locaine. She calls him Lolo. I sent her the, like, announcement on Twitter, and she's like, Oh, my Lolo! 
We got me and my sister got her a a, a low cane jersey for uh, was it Christmas or her birthday or Mother's Day? It was one of them. <laughs> one year, it was nice. So yeah, that's her jersey of choice for the team. And uh, I have a very small memory of Locaine. I went to a game in 2017, and I remember this fondly because it was the first time I ever got a vacation week. Like, I had just been promoted to full-time in mid to late 2016. So 2017, I got... One whole week of vacation, baby. I have more vacation now because I'm I'm, I'm still with that same job, um, but like this was such a like a, this was a brand new thing to me. Like I did not know this was a thing people got. I'm like, you mean to tell me I can just take an entire week off of work and get paid for that? What? That sounds like a cheat code. Um, so yeah, was super excited for that to do that. And uh, the week I did this, I wanted to go to a bunch of Royals games. Now, I didn't. I only ended up going to three, but it was all in one series. It was against the Rockies of all teams. And uh, the third game, I sat uh, along the first base side. I always sit on the first base side, on the first base side, just because I like watching the guys walk into the dugout and I want to face them. I don't know. Is that is that weird? Is that a weird particular thing? I just like the first base side. Anyway. I was uh, on the ground level, basically right above the tarp somewhere. Like, right there. Um, and it was, like, right along the field. So, I it was it was front row, right above the tarp. Anyway, uh, Low Kane hit, hit an infield single and ran it out. He, got an, he had an infield single. And he ran so hard that he went well into the outfield, pretty much where the tarp was. Like, he went that far out. And, uh, you know, he finally, like, stopped, and it was, like, catching his breath for a little bit, and then me and a few other people in this section in the general area were, like, doing the little wiggle fingers he does, or maybe it was the heart, because 2017 was the year where everybody, everybody made hearts with their hands, could have been both, I don't know, and he smiled, he just gave a very big smile in my general direction, Locaine has the absolute best smile. He had the best smile in baseball. We have to find a, a, a who who has the best smile in baseball now that Lorenzo Kane has been retired. We have to figure this out. So someone needs to crack down on this. What is the what is his smile plus? Who is the leader in the smile plus metric? Now that Lorenzo Kane, the career Hall of Fame of smile plus is gone. But yeah, he was, he was just real satisfied with uh, with running that out. And it was a nice moment. That's about it. Really small story, but that's just how interesting I really am. So, hats off to you, Mr. Kane, on a wonderful career. A really excellent career. Um, he absolutely deserves whatever recognition the Royals are going to give him this summer. And you know what? I might be in attendance for that because... I just really like the guy. Well, let's talk about some potentially less permanent, but still exciting things that are going on in the in the world of Royals baseball. So the Royals are continuing to terrorize the entire state of Arizona 
as they play baseball in spring training. They have not only won all three games since we last spoke on Monday, but they have beaten the absolute crap out of everybody they have faced. On Monday, they beat the Diamondbacks squad 10-1. to They were off on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, they, it dis- they destroyed, they demolished the White Sox squad, mostly Dylan Cease, gave up like nine runs, but they won. They won fourteen to five on Wednesday, and then Tuesday or, or t- t- today, as I'm recording this, although it's going to be Friday for you. Uh, so yesterday, the Royals beat the Great Britain squad eight to one. So they're not just winning games at this point; they are absolutely curb stomping everybody that they're coming across, and. Man, it it is really hard at this point to not be irresponsibly excited about what's going on. Because, like, again, it's one thing for the Royals to win, but it's another thing to see them absolutely tear opponents apart like this. Like, they are just playing excellent baseball right now. And, I, I, again, I know. I know, dude. I know. It's spring training. It's exhibition games. They're not even playing against particularly good squads. Like, who do the Diamondbacks have in their spring trading squad? Probably nobody. Nobody interesting. Nobody worth mentioning. The Great Britain squad? Who was on that? I have no idea. We just played them. I listened to the entire game, and I have no idea. The White Sox are okay. Um... But, you know, it was like Dylan Cease trying some other stuff and he gave up, like, 20 runs or something. But even still, like, even still with all the the implications, or I guess the lack of implications that spring training gives, it's really hard to not look at what the Royals are doing right now this spring and think, man, something just feels a little bit different. Like, I, I know that the Royals play better in the spring. They've They've always, for some reason, been really good in the spring. But the way they've been playing lately just feels like something's a little bit different. I don't know what it is, but it's like the vibes are good. The The vibes are really, really good around the, the Kansas City kids. That's what we should call them. The Kansas City... That's what the, That should have been the slogan for this year. The Kansas City kids. KCK. There has never, ever been a KCK acronym... Any or anything like that. There is definitely no KCK that is more relevant than the Kansas City kids. They're just playing really, really well. And I, and for what it's worth, it's actually not entirely just the Kansas City kids. It's also kids. It's also guys like Matt Duffy, and Matt Beatty, and Matt. Do we have another Matt on this team? Someone go. Someone go find Matt Chapman, and we'll uh we'll we'll have another Matt on this team. But they're also playing really well. It's just like everyone seems to be on top of their game this spring. I don't know what else to say, dude. It's just really wonderful. But the most important thing is also real is also really well. Is also going really well. The the pitchers, what the pitching has been doing lately. So, I think this was on Wednesday, Brad Keller pitched. He did not have a very good outing, I think the last time he pitched. This time around, he threw three innings, one hit, no runs, four strikeouts. Like, he's apparently throwing a new a new curveball, and it's doing really, really well. Like, like, just 
everyone all over the Royals media sphere had been raving about Brad Keller. And, you know, it's like I said weeks ago, I'm like, the Royals had to have had a plan with Brad Keller. The new coaches that they've got, the new manager that they have, like, they had to have looked at Brad Keller and said, we can work with this. Because if not, then why did they bring him back on his final year of arbitration after two terrible years? After moving him to the bullpen last year and still failing at that? Like, they had to have known something. And they have they had to have had a solution. And I think they might have found it. Because Brad Keller, last time around, looked fantastic. Jackson Kowar, on Thursday... I could not believe this. You know, it's a shame that the that the game wasn't televised or streamed um, visually on the internet, and so instead we only got a radio call. Because I really wanted to see this for myself, because this is so, this is like so bizarre that I'm like, how? There's no way. That sounds made up. That sounds like a fantasy. Jackson Kowar pitched two innings. Got one hit, no runs allowed, five strikeouts. Jackson Kowar did that. Was it against the Great Britain squad? Yes. Does that matter too much? I don't know. Does this mean anything? I don't know. But it does feel like something. It feels like a little bit of a change. I don't know what Jackson Kowar's ceiling is at this point but even if it's something not very useful like a middle reliever you use in the sixth inning with a 4.2 ERA that is so much better than where Jackson Kowar was at previously that I will be gladly accepting of it and celebrate that as a gigantic W for this coaching staff because Jackson Kowar has a career ERA of like 12 so far. So any sort of value you can bring out of him. If you can make, if Jackson Kowar becomes a, a, a mediocre pitcher, that's going to be a W. Because if, if they can do that, then imagine what they do with pitchers who have actually had success in the past, like Brad Keller. Ooh, yeah. Like just what's what's been happening with the pitching lately has been genuinely exciting again I don't want to be irresponsible with my excitement for how well the Royals have been doing lately and what they've shown so far but it's really hard to look at this and not think okay something's going on like I like I, I feel like something is happening here something good even if and again I'm not trying to say like the Royals are going to have this insane season. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sell you that the Royals are making the postseason because I don't believe that myself. But if the Royals can have a mediocre season at this point, again, that is going to be such, a, such an improvement. They won 65 games last season. If they can get back to winning, like, 75, that's going to be great. Like, that's... That, honestly, like, that's really all that I ask for at this point. I ask for... I'm asking for a mediocre team. Like, I was comfortable with 2020 and 2021 because I felt like those years were about as good as they could have been, given what we had. You know, should I should I demand better? Should I demand more? Maybe, supposedly. But 
Either way, 2022 was completely unacceptable. I will take a 74-88 season again right now because that is so much better than what we got last year. And you know what? That would be a huge improvement of what we had last year. And I feel like that, at the very least, is getting more likely. And maybe it is weird that I'm getting excited for that, but I'll say it again. This is the last time I'm going to say it, but it feels like something's different with the Royals right now. It just feels like the vibes are really good, and I'm loving what I'm seeing right now. All right, so let's uh, talk about the World Baseball Classic a little bit. The World Baseball Classic has started. Teams are playing games. Um, I'll admit that I don't really know what actually happens in the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if it's like a like a tournament that happens. It's like a tournament, right? I think they play a few games, and then they get into like an actual tournament. I really don't know what 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 it's like. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll figure this out as I go along. I'll admit I've never seen the World Baseball Classic before, but it's kind of cool how uh, you just kind of get the, this mixture of players from all over just blending in with all these different teams. So, like, you know, Vinny Pasquantino and Nicky Lopez are playing in Italy with a bunch of other guys, um, especially when you get into, like, the, I guess for lack of a better word, the, like, less American-based Territories like Japan, for example. Like, Shohei Otani is in Japan, obviously, and he's doing amazingly over there. Un, un, absolutely unexpectedly, right? Who would have thought that Shohei Otani, the best player in the game right now, would be absolutely crushing it in Japan? But you've also got Lars Nootbaar <laughs> over there, which uh, who, who I guess has a little bit of a Japanese root in him. Uh, and he's becoming a, like a, a huge celebrity over there, which is really funny. Love it. Um, but kind of same for our for our guys. Vinny Pasquantino is a celebrity for Italy right now. He is like Vinny Pasquantino for real is getting the recognition of like a multi-time All Star. Like seriously, I'm just seeing Vinny Pasquantino being brought up all the time. Okay, maybe it's the fact that I'm you know in the Royals media sphere and I fall and basically everyone I follow is related to the Royals. So whenever something is happening with a Royals player, it's like amplified and I just see it all the time. But still, it just seems like every single media outlet is talking to Vinny Pasquantino, talking about Vinny Pasquantino, sharing, sharing a play by Vinny Pasquantino. It just seems like he's like, whatever this guy does, everyone's talking about it. Like, like he's one of the most popular players in the game right now. And I think that's awesome because he's played 72 games. <laughs> like, that's why it's so surprising. It's like, you you hear you see this guy who's talked about all the time and you think that this guy must have been a... This guy must have been in the game for a long time and is super accomplished. No, he's played 72 games. But speaking of Vinny, speaking of Vinny, he, uh, he played his game in Italy and he went two for four with a walk. Nicky Lopez was also on that same team. He went two for three. Oh, wait, sorry, no, two for five. I wrote that wrong. Ha, 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 ha. Or I just can't read my own handwriting. But two for five, but scored two runs. He had an extra inning uh, single, RBI single that scored two. And uh, I think helped overall clinch a victory against, oh, uh, I don't know who, which team played which. But the team, whoever team Italy was playing, they won. <laughs> Um, 
So yeah, that's pretty cool. And I also got Bobby Witt Jr. He played in America. He played the first game, was like a late game substitution. He came out in like the sixth or so, played shortstop for a couple innings, got a pop fly. That was about it. Then he uh, played much more in the second game. He was still a bit of a substitute. He uh, subs in for uh, Nolan Arenado, actually, at third base. And then afterwards, he went two for three with a stolen base, and uh, and, and, he, and he scored. He, he didn't score a run, but he was scored by a run. So pretty awesome there. Uh, Robbie Glendinning. Remember that time last, uh, or not last week, but on Monday when I brought up Robbie Glendinning playing in Australia for the World Baseball Classic and I said, Who's Robbie Glendinning? Well, I know who Robbie Glendinning is now because he hit a three-run home run for Team Australia in what was ultimately a big upset against Team Korea. They won by a single run. So, great job, Mr. Glendinning. I am now a big fan of you. And Salvi hit a home run for his team in Venezuela. This was on Wednesday. They actually played the Houston Astros. Venezuela won by a single run. So, already, like, I haven't mentioned every single player for the World Baseball Classic. Um, I think the only one, I think the only other one who has played is MJ. MJ Melendez was playing for Puerto Rico. He's been in a couple of games. He, he had a sacrifice fly, so he's done a little bit. But um, other guys are, like, pitchers who haven't, who just haven't appeared yet. Or if they have, I just don't really know what they've done. Uh, if they've have if they've done anything significant, but still, you're talking about f five Royals already, who have made an impact for their teams in the World Baseball Classic. Like two of them, like like Salvi, Salvi and Glendening have been like have been legitimate game changers. Maybe even Nicky Lopez as well. Like legitimate game changers for their squads. So it's not even just the Royal Spring Training squad that's going strong. It's the it's it's everyone. Like everyone who's who's on the Royals this year, whatever they're doing, Spring Training, World Baseball Classic, they are just killing it right now. And that is super exciting. Again, I I'm sorry if this is irresponsible of me for getting so excited about games that ultimately don't matter because what matters the most is the regular season, the actual Major League Baseball season. But it just feels so good to be winning. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so deprived after last year that I will take anything. I will latch on to anything. I hope the Royals can keep this up. I hope that they can sustain this. I hope that they can carry it into the regular season. But whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. So that's going to do it for me today. I'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, until then, I hope you uh, take care of yourselves. Thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod or send me a nice little email telling me all of your feelings about this podcast. What did you think about it? What did you think about this episode? Tell me everything at Royal Deluxe. No, Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day. And I really hope you're having a good one. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'm Lux, and go Royals!